This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us with the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. And if you were with us yesterday, you know we started on a subject that's not too frequently spoken about, and that subject is affliction. And we need to understand that affliction is part of a person's life when they know the Lord. And when we're speaking about affliction, we're not talking about trouble that comes our way because we were disobedient or came against the Word of God in any way. But we're talking about the afflictions that God brings into our lives. And we must understand, and we're going to emphasize this throughout the week, that the afflictions that come from the hand of the Lord are always redemptive. And how we approach afflictions is really, Junie, a way that we can see how we are with the Lord. It's easy to love the Lord when everything is going our way. But where are we? What is our mentality? What are we thinking when we're going through a hard time, some sort of affliction? And I think we really saw something yesterday, Junie, when we talked about affliction being redemptive, when we considered the people of Israel in bondage in in Egypt. I remember we read from chapter 1 in Exodus because there we saw what the Word of God says. Come, in verse chapter 1, verse 10, Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and in the event of war they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. That was the Egyptian mentality toward the people of Israel. Then we read in verse 11, So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor, and they built for Pharaoh storage cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. So they were being afflicted, but the people of Israel didn't realize that this was working toward their ultimate deliverance. And we see in chapters 3 that God heard their cry, and because of the affliction, that, that caused God to initiate a program of deliverance. So while we might not understand the redemptive value of affliction, we need to see that God always means it for our good. And I pray that we could take this thought and stay with it throughout our years with the Lord. And you know, Shelley, because we're his servants and his witnesses, it says, as we read yesterday in Isaiah 53, 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken of God and afflicted. We saw in Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed 
and he was afflicted. And why this is so important as being his servant, Shelley, is Israel, just as the church today, is supposed to reflect that God is alive. And so for Israel to be in bondage in Egypt, what did they do when they were afflicted by Pharaoh? They cried out to God. And God heard them. He heard their cry. And so he raised up a deliverer through Moses. And so today, in, in our everyday life, or um, in the days that we're going to need to face in America um, throughout this year, we need to remember to cry out yes, to God Lord. and that he is with us, he sees us, and it is redemptive in that it's for our, um, our uh, growth in That's understanding right. and seeing the faithfulness of the Lord in his deliverance. And this is a issue in both the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, because this is a theme for every believer to understand the redemptive power of affliction. And we see, Shelley, in 2 Corinthians 4.8, it says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. Those are great words, Junie, from the heart of Paul, who, talked to, talking about affliction, he went from one for affliction to another. But yet, because of his focus on the Lord, those afflictions were used for redemptive powers for other people because Paul was willing to, as he said, die daily. He brought life wherever he went. And that's the mentality because I believe God wants to raise up men like Paul in this day and age. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. All right, I'm going to read chapter 3, verse 4, and then go back to the first three verses because I think there's something important to see here, Junie. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4 says this, For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. And so it came to pass, as you know. All right, now let's go back and read the first three verses. Chapter 3 in 1 Thessalonians. Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith, so that no man may be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. Now, this might not be one of your promised scriptures that you want to recite every day, but we're talking about the full gospel, the totality of the word of God. It's Again, it's so easy to be bright and cheerful when things are going our way. But what condition do we find ourselves in when we are in the midst of affliction, a difficult situation? Do we say, why me? Or what, what is going on? Or do we say, Lord, I might not understand you, but I'm going to trust you. Because I know when you put me through a difficult time, there's something redemptive that's going to come forth. And the word of God also says in the book of Ecclesiastes, Junie, the end of the matter is better than the beginning. Well, Jesus told us that um, to be of good cheer 
because he had overcome the world. That's right. And he warned us, he said, in the world, what, Shelley? You have tribulation. But be of good cheer. That's right. For I have overcome the world. And so to really see the side of heaven, we will have tribulation or we will be afflicted. But to be of good cheer for the Lord himself has overcome the world. And we see that too, Shelley, in Psalm 119, verse 50, where it reads, This is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived or quickened me. Journey, what a word that is. I hope you don't mind. I want to repeat it also. Psalm 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived or quickened me. Junie, there's the key. There's the key to everything regarding affliction. We either can turn away and get angry with God or complain, or we can go to God, who is the word made flesh, and he will quicken us in the midst of the affliction. We will see a greater power, and that power is the Holy Spirit working in us, rather than come under and be overwhelmed by the whatever the affliction might be. We need to turn to the Word of God. And you know, Shelley, it says in Revelation that we overcome the accuser of the brethren or the devil himself by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of yes, our yes, testimony Lord. and loving not our own life unto the death. And so if we're experiencing, whether it's a physical affliction a mental affliction, an emotional Thank affliction, you, a situation that we can't seem to see, to get past or see through, that when we rely on the Lord, when we trust Him with all of our heart and not lean on our own yes, understanding, and people see this, they will see a demonstration of the life of the Messiah in and through your life, and my life. And I think that's what's so important, Shelley, because we are his witnesses. That's right. Or we are his martyrs is, is what witness means in Greek in the earth. And so the way we live our life and the way we trust the Lord in and through our affliction will demonstrate his life in and through us. Because naturally speaking, Shelley, if, if, if we are afflicted, if we're in pain, we we suffer deeply. That's and right. this is not to say that we should act one way and feel another, but this is to say that in and through the affliction, the strength of the Lord as we cry out to him in our weakness to be our strength, something will happen. It will be supernatural. That's right. I remember in science when I was in junior high, I remember we always took litmus tests, and uh, I, I forgot the color. I think it was either red or blue, and we could tell whether something was acid or not. But one of the litmus tests for us as believers today is how do we respond or how do we act as we go through afflictions? And do we realize that from the hand of God, everything is for redemptive purposes? So some of us could have comfort without affliction, some can have affliction without comfort, but it's only the Lord himself who can give us comfort in the midst of affliction. That's true, Shelley. If we, we as, it, as we go through this process, whatever God wants to work out of our life, 
if we would turn to him immediately. And you know what's interesting, Junie? The word for comfort in Hebrew is nocham. And that's where the name Nahum, one of the minor prophets, uh, that's where the name Nahum comes from. And Nahum, of course, is one of the minor prophets. But isn't it interesting? Nahum itself means consolation. So if we could put these things together, we can see that we will be consoled in our affliction if we could say that this is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived or quickened me. In the midst of that, just as you read before, Junie, when you you read what Paul said, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. So he didn't give up, but he used that as an incentive to trust the Lord for everything. And that's a lesson for all of us. It really is, Shelley. We see in Psalm 119 verse 107 I am exceedingly afflicted revive me O Lord yes, according Lord. to thy Hallelujah. word Hallelujah. and Lord we do we pray yes, Lord, for every Lord listener God. we pray for our lives Lord we pray for America Lord. yes Lord we ask Lord that you would revive Please, us Lord. in Please. our affliction And we thank you, Lord, for your word, for your word is truth. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray you minister to each one listening to this program now, that they would put a stake in the ground and not complain when difficult time comes, but they would cry out to you and your word will bring comfort to their spirits. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.